So, and I, I want to say one last thing, the Carrie Thornley uh, interviews that were done on SyncBook and some other places from Adam Go Rightly, you know, he talked about Carrie Thornley being in Atlanta and like the bohemian anarchy scene in the, in the 80s and how big the zine culture was. And he would, they would just like Xerox their zines and hand them out on the streets. I mean, I think we're going back maybe to something like that where some of this information is only going to be available in print and, lo and local communities. And it's fine. I mean, that's a cool scene, but kind of sucks because the power of the Internet. You know, I'm sure there will be like hacker type people on the Internet too, getting stuff around the world. They're not going to stop that. But anyhow. No, yeah. I mean, think about I wouldn't I wouldn't talk to wouldn't talk to half you guys if, if I was only able to hand out flyers to people in the city around me. Um, yeah, would we would have never met. Uh, can I just ask SJ? I can't tell if this is a synchronicity or have did you and I talk about Kerry Thornley recently or? Uh, I think we did. He came up, but we didn't really like stay on Kerry Thornley. But he's come up in like like a two or three of the recent calls because I mm -hmm. I think you mentioned um, Adam Go Rightly at one point. We had the whole discussion about King Kill Thirty Three mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and Kerry mm -hmm. Thornley. It's just it, yeah, it's just funny because I got. Uh, do you know, I don't know if you know who Keith Zabotsky is. Um, him and I, I had a conversation. Him and I had a conversation about Kerry Thornley. I just, I couldn't remember if that was, a, you know, like a, so that was a private conversation. I couldn't remember if I had mentioned that elsewhere. So I just wanted to, just checking if it was a synchronicity or if I had mentioned it. Yeah, you haven't mentioned that conversation, so it may be some kind of synchronicity, I think. But it's, yeah, I, I mean... He's been on my mind, man. Mm. Uh, like I get so sick of YouTube, and I just type in Kerry Thornley, and I like I, I just sometimes I'm going down these old like popular, um, you know, videos because they're interesting. Still, it's like I'm tired of the fucking way that the media is produced. Like right now, sometimes I get so tired of it, and I'll type. But now I'm going to type in Rick Clay in the next few days and go back down mm -hmm. that rabbit. <laughs> That's great. Um. So I'm sorry. I, I feel like I, I sort of detracted from from your point there. Did you? Um, I, so I, I apologize. I just needed to ask that. Um, no, go ahead, man. I, I my point. I was just kind of trying to riff off your point. Just the concern, like the whole bit shoot thing, seems a little uh, important to me. That's all. That's all I was really trying to to underscore. You know, Guillaume. I know you're going to be leaving soon, but you, as a technology guy, do you have an opinion? Um, on just sort of like, you know, that if it's not bit shoot, there will be other things will keep getting created. Or do you like, do you think the technological control, control grid, I don't want to put a name on it, not Illuminati or New World Order or whatever, but just <laughs> technological control grid, uh, can they silence this type of content? Or do you think that? technology will allow for evolution and technologically speaking uh, of course you, you can uh, have ways to not be silenced but uh, then that's that's uh, the covering uh, meaning if you if you only have uh, 200 views in your <laughs> in your corner you know uh, you, you, you are meaningless you know so yeah, there, there's been a lot of uh, YouTube, uh, YouTube-like uh, uh, websites uh, 
working on the decentralization of the data, you know, like uh, Bitshoot is doing, I think, some uh, using the torrent also system. Uh, but uh, for now, it's it's never taken uh, enough uh, popularity, you know, to to be really useful. So that's a shame because uh, it it could work, you know. But uh, that's always the same. You 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 when you produce video, you want to have an audience, and so you you choose YouTube because you think uh, that uh, you. You have more people there, you know, and everybody's doing that. So that's that's why it it doesn't doesn't change, you know. That's like Facebook, and uh, so what will uh, make this change? You know, I don't know. It's really hard to predict, but it's possible, technologically speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I was mentioning uh, DTube, which is the one of uh, the one of uh, one of the alternatives and uh, this is basically a decentralized youtube and uh, the dtubers are paid in uh, cryptocurrencies you know uh, because of the uh, have a, if, if they get lights or views and stuff like that so i feel like this could be something you know the decentralization and the you know the, all the blockchain stuff uh, the peer-to-peer -peer. I, I feel like this is something that will uh, come up really more and more, you know, and uh, because it gives us like some sort of freedom, I feel. But uh, yeah, I, I, I just I just uh, registered on uh, YouTube um, to try and test it, and uh, the, 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 uh, all the videos I see have not a lot of views and all that stuff. So yeah, it's not so popular, but. Uh, um, uh, I feel like decentralization is, it could, could be could be a thing uh, for all that stuff, and uh, in the alt alternative community, and uh, uh, I think yeah. But um, to to go on the blockchain uh, aspect, I, uh, uh, it's not really a secret, but I really feel like in a year or two we will be in in that. No? What do you think about that, guys? Just I wanted to add that uh, it's been years now that uh, those websites uh, exist, you know, and it's yeah never yeah. really taken off, you know. And uh, yeah, but yeah, but we we don't we did do, do not we didn't uh, uh, adopt blockchain for now. You know what I mean? It's yeah, really, I totally I, agree, and and I agree with you. It's it's going to be the future one way or another, you know. But uh, that's also if you if you only have uh, the alternate community there, you know, then you are again isolated, you yeah. know. So yeah. so yeah. Yeah, you're on the risk of being an echo chamber at that point, right? That you're not right if you're you're not the alternative oh, anymore. Yeah. You just become you just become parroting each other and patting each other on the back, and no one's challenging your information. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's really what I wanted to do with my video. I, I wanted to I wanted it, I wanted it to speak to everybody, you know. So I don't know if it's really, but uh, I was just thinking about that because, uh, yeah, I, I didn't want to make a video just for sync people or anything, but I wanted to to show sync and also to spread uh, some sort of a message 
and uh, I wanted it to to be you know understandable to for everyone and uh, it seems to work so yeah so yeah I went uh, far <clears throat> And I will say that's just one of the striking features of Bit uh, BitChute that I noticed right away. I haven't been going to it for very long. It's just been recently that I've started going over there because I've had to because like people are are uh, getting videos removed, and so you have to go there to see them. But you'll see like a popular YouTuber that had like thousands and tens of thousands of views and followers, and on BitChute they have like fifty people watched. You know. <laughs> Or, exactly. you know, <laughs> and it's concerning yeah you know the idea yeah and then you 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 will have a youtube for the right and another tube for the left and <laughs> at some point it will be mm. just like channels you know on youtube you know but Do, yeah does anyone, i'm just i don't i don't again i don't really want to take this here but just has anyone noticed there there's an alt right there really is no alt left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish there was, Alan. Oh, how I wish there was. I mean, you know, just to have like a, like a, a genuine alternative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A gen, like genuinely, like really. And you actually see conversations. It's an interesting point about. Um, I'm seeing like a lot of people ruining the fact that they're saying the left needs to mimic the power, the political power of the right. I'm seeing these like left progressive types that are more like, you know, not Democrats, but like maybe what would be traditional like activist left. And they're saying, why can't let's do what they're doing? You see, they've just organized and now they're like running through a wall of police officers and they're winning. You know, and they're 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 organizing to go to the Capitol, and like we need to do that. And I will say that they've done it, but like for this recent murder in Atlanta or in Georgia that you were brought up earlier, like that it worked for that. Like people are willing to march for it seems like uh, that situation, which is great. I just wish some of that energy would transfer over to the economic stuff, Alan, um, and like like the marching for, I don't know, other really important issues as well as like racial violence, you know. Um, but um, what do you yeah, think I, about I would it? love to I would love to see people protesting like would protest get out in the street and demand that we get our money back from these uh, cruise liners. They're 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 offshore corporations they that don't pay any taxes. We should be demanding that money back. Give it to fuck give it to the citizens. Give it to small businesses. Give it to what, whatever. Why well, was that not a rallying point? Joe, Joe, are you back with us? Sorry, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I thought I saw your mic. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, guys. What did you want to say? I want to ask you, Alan, do you think this means that that there's a, actually a smaller amount of the body politic that is actually passionate about things like economic justice um, or like, um, let's see, Guillaume says alt-left is apolitical. I mean, I don't want to, it's kind of a controversial thing to dance around, but it seems like a lot of a identity politics, let's, let's just call it that. I don't know, I don't want to, there's probably better terminology to use, but do you, 
so there's two questions like one do you think there is actually people that feel strongly enough about the issues or are they satisfied with just like the economic conditions that they have so that they're not in dire straits so they're not willing to march and two how much do you think that there's these divisions that are sowed um kind of intentionally in order to to detract from people and one example i'll give is like MLK. I studied that 1968, that year when he was killed. If you go back and look, it was amazing what he did. He it, he developed this whole new uh, Poor People's Party, I think is what it was called, and they were like explicitly non-racial. Like that was part of it. They certainly said that this is disadvantaged, it's disproportionately with black folks, but we want all people to come here. If you're poor, it doesn't matter. Like they were explicitly like trying to unify every poor person and the goal was to go sit in washington just sit there basically they were modeling it off of like old time um war pension protests where the old veterans would just go sit in washington until they got their money and um i think there's a kind of a lesson to be learned there that 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 was when the threat took place I don't know if you've seen those memes where it's like, this is what they're afraid of, and it's a black and a white hand, like shaking hands. <laughs> I, I know it's complex, and I'm not trying to like simplify the racial stuff, but and I don't mean to offend, but I mean, I think there's something really powerful potentially there about why there's not a left uh, leftist movement, that there's been this fracturing, you know? And just, I guess my, my immediate thought, because I, I, I am very cynical and I wanted I had some stuff that I was going to say about identity politics, but it does occur to me that if you look at just before coronavirus, there was, you know, there was uh, yellow vests in France. There's uh, Hong Kong protests. Um, there was, it did seem like this, not necessarily left, but this sort of, there was an energetic, yes, Bernie Sanders, good point. Exactly. There seemed like there was momentum there up until December and it was really like a light switch was flipped and it was like oh everyone get inside your house uh stop protesting it's there's a disease out here and it's like someone were to come out of this where the only protests that are happening are right-wing ones and it's like that's really fascinating to me and very Orwellian of like how we change the narrative totally changed in a few months um but just to say it there's a part of me that's I guess should maintain some hope that those folks that were so willing to go out in the streets and so willing to protest just a few months ago that they they're probably still there um, and still still looking to make changes. So um, that being said, I yeah I do I have I have definitely have some cynicism. <laughs> oh, if I may, I just uh, had something uh, that uh, is happening here in France. Uh, so our government has uh, have made uh, they have make made a lot of mistakes. You know, first telling that uh, masks were uh, useless, and then uh, that they were useful, uh, but just because they they couldn't uh, they couldn't uh, order some. You know, and all types of things like that where they contradict themselves uh, multiple times. You know, well, and so. Uh, people have been uh, wanting to attack them uh, legally, you know, uh, with the court, you know. And just uh, two days ago, 
they've passed a law uh, to say that uh, all the people in the government couldn't be attacked uh, during a uh, uh, crisis like that, you know. You understand? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I asked you about the yellow vests at the beginning of coronavirus because I had seen an article that said um, about protesters, French protesters going out during this and in the very beginning. And you said, yeah. no, 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 that's not true. That's not happening no. uh, because uh, your point was that it would be like it was almost like a. Uh, public relations like it would be seen yeah. as really inappropriate to be gathering in mass right now totally, can you speak you know, to that at all yeah 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 i i still say that you know because uh at first you, you nobody knew uh and nobody still know you know if it was dangerous so the, the you know vest wouldn't risk you know to go out and uh risk other people's uh, life, uh, you know, because of this, you know. So, no, no, the pe people have been quite uh, correct, you know, and staying, staying home. But what I'm saying, you know, it's uh, the movement has not gone anywhere, I, I'm sure, and it will be even bigger. Maybe it won't be only yellow vest, but there's a lot of angry people, you know, uh, even more. So uh, now that uh, the government has made so so many shits, you know, during this crisis, you know. Yeah, just so that uh, the yellow vest uh, want to 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 go back in the street tomorrow. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so I, no Nick, I see you, you can't stay long. You got ten minutes. I want to see if we if we can get you in here for for a few minutes before you got to go. Uh, yeah, can I, you can you hear me okay? Absolutely, I can hear you, yeah. So okay, I know you're sort of jumping was, uh... in to a, a middle of a conversation here, but we are sort of talking about um, predict, predictions or speculations of where do um, political sort of uh, action, the, the yellow vest, the Hong Kong protests, that sort of thing that were silenced by covid shutdowns do you think that's essentially been neutered by covid or does that is there a resurgence of that once things open back up i don't know if you have an opinion on that that's where we were if there's something else you want to drop in here feel free i know it's you only got a few minutes to make the time what you want of it but that's where the conversation was well i mean these are all massive topics aren't they and i um unfortunately don't have the advantage of knowing exactly what was said so uh, i'm kind of jumping in and playing over the top but in in terms of the protest movement if we look at occupy and i think many of us probably look back on occupy with maybe some disappointment at how easily it was uh, crushed or whatever you want to call it. But actually, Occupy led to the sort of Bernie Sanders campaign in 2016, and that then led to the 2020 campaign. And, you know, you can make the argument that politically he didn't have anywhere near enough capital to actually win. And the fact he got so close was an indication of how much 
difficulty the Democratic Party in the US is, but not just in the US. I mean, in, in Australia, you see our Labor Party, um, everyone kind of agreed with the policies, but they just didn't want to elect the Labor leader. And the same with Boris Johnson in the UK. It's like Jeremy Corbyn's anti-austerity argument was the winning argument, yet they didn't want to elect Jeremy Corbyn. Um, so it's it's a very it's a very weird kind of situation because it's not only do we have a massive inequality divide in terms of wealth, in terms of resources, in terms of even just housing, but we also have a situation where the class divide between those who are able to stay home and work comfortably from home and are inconvenienced by COVID versus those who are out there risking their lives day in, day out. And eventually that's going to catch up, right? So the yellow vest movement is going to be back out on the streets of Paris sooner rather than later, or, or really all of France. And they, it, it, look, I don't know much more i had a i had a chance to go to paris but the advice that we got when we were in europe was not to go because the police were really cracking down on the yellow vests when we were there with like tear gas bombing and and all sorts of horrible stuff i mean people lost their eyes and their legs and that that stuff doesn't go away right if you've lost your eye that's something that you're going to to have to live with for the rest of your life and so these people aren't just going to be like oh, well, COVID came along, I guess we don't want to demand a fair a fair shake of things anymore. No, it's going to further motivate people to uh, join the movement. But there's going to be multiple movements, and these movements are going to be fractured and um, to have issues around, you know, personalities and, and all that normal stuff and locality. And so what what you've got to sort of see it as like um, an ecosystem of movements that is going to be responding to the fact that people like Jeff Bezos have made off like bandits over the last 37 days. I, I can't see that pressure going away, right? When people can't make rent, it's not like they're going to be like, well, I guess if I'm just polite and wait my turn, eventually things are going to be okay. I mean, I'm thinking about it. Like, how am I going to buy a house without having to commit to working until I'm 70, 75? I'm already in my 30s and I'm nowhere near approaching a full-time job. So it's like, how am I going to secure a mortgage? And then if I do secure a mortgage, does that mean I have to be in the workforce until I'm 74, you know? And and that and that's something that I think a lot of people our age, and I know everybody in here is a different age, so you know that's kind of meaningless to say that. But people, broadly speaking, the millennials are not going to put up with this kind of, if you want to use the kind of term, the boomer mentality for for much longer because it's death. You know, look at look at what Trump is doing. Like, you know, live and let die is so potent at the moment. So potent. So that symbology 
you know, it's it's like almost like we don't have Hobbes as Lord Viathan anymore. Like the social contract has been completely ripped up. And I don't know how everybody else on the call feels about that, but that's this is a reaction to that. And the the fundamental social dynamics are ripe for revolution, in my opinion. So hopefully that's uh, in line with what you guys were talking about. Oh, oh yeah, it is. And I know you got maybe uh, like three minutes left. If you just if there was anything you wanted, um, you know, just any, anything that's been on your mind or any sort of like update of what day to day life looks for you there. Um, any any insight you want to jump in? I, I've just been so busy, uh, Alan and 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 guys on the call. I've I've been marking first year criminology papers um, and sociology papers and dealing with arguments with students who didn't read my feedback but want to challenge the mark. And that's like just it's it's just rudeness because it's like guys, look look around you. Look at what's happening in the outside world right now, and you want to quibble over whether you should have a 56 or a 54. It's like, you know, hard to contextualize the self-centeredness of some people when other people, uh, like the nurses, protest on the uh, outside the White House with all those shoes. And and just, like, even in my own life... um, you know, not anyone that I knew personally, but within my social group, there's been a suicide in the last few weeks and, and dealing with that. Um, you know, this is real. This is very real. And you've you got to recognise that no no one's riding over the hill to save us here. In, in fact, the people who are riding over the hill are, are predating on us, you know. And so, um, it's anarchy isn't the answer. Organization is the answer. So whether it's and and hey, hey, my, hey, you can have you can have organization under anarchy. So oh, I just mean like when I'm talking to my <laughs> I mom know what you're saying, and I'm she sorry. and she's like, oh, but this doesn't affect me personally, so I'm not going to do it. And it's like, what are you talking? Of course, it affects you. Of course, it, you can't just have people over to your house because you're sick of being in lockdown. It's like, what are you doing? You know? So it's just very, it's, I've been very insular over the past couple of weeks and I haven't had a chance to sort of catch up on podcasts and things like that. I've just really been uh, working on essay marking. But I tell you what, like, good writing is hard to come by. So um, people who can write well are worth, uh, are worth you know, their weight in gold. and echo that man I, uh, a great writer can um, I mean it's, there's nothing like reading a great writer and opening up a book and saying wow I'm in excellent hands you just relax into the book and I feel like just to throw some conspiracy uh, into this because I've been thinking about it the last year or so there's two writers in the so called alternative scene or whatever that were so excellent that then got they were then a killed and i don't think it was necessarily fishy but people have theorized that this guy dave mcgowan i don't know if you've ever read his writing i mean it is just like uh i mean it it tickles you to read it it's um uh, it's just amazing and then the second guy was there's a book called um official stories um by this writer 
Thanks, Nick. Yeah, sorry to jump in. I, I don't mean to be, be taking so long here. If you want to jump in and and say your your goodbyes here, but this book called Official Stories, this writer here it is. It's um, Liam Chef. Liam Chef. But these two writers were so amazing, and I, and I feel like there's a real threat when you get a writer that can really write well and is putting out countercultural ideas. It, it is a threat to the system. And so under, I don't think we can understate just how powerful. Like the pen is mightier than the sword, right? How, how powerful the pen is. Well, if I can just uh, the final thing I'll say, SJ, is um, I am I am more than happy to uh, to talk to you about some of the techniques. I have Dave McGowan. I actually wrote a thesis on conspiracy theories, so uh, very familiar with all that kind of work. Um, but I think that. Um, that the conversations everybody here has on a regular basis is also good writing, but it's not writing, but it's it's good conversation, and good conversation leads to good writing, and, and it helps us all think more deeply. So thank you so much for letting me uh, jump in and cameo for five minutes or so here. Um, I really do. I'm getting messages telling me to uh, join the, the other meeting, so I really have to jump, but um, I know... I know you guys have to go back to work next week, and, uh, and my heart breaks for the Americans on this call. Um, uh, just so sorry, um, and I wish there was something more that I could do, but um, I look forward to chatting to all of you again in the near future. Same. I'm glad, I'm glad you got to, I'm glad I got to hear your voice for a little bit, man. I hope you're doing well. You too, Alan. All right, I'll speak to you later. All right, bud. Be well. Bye. Um, I know we're, we've got, we're probably uh, winding down here. Um, Joe, are you are you back? I just want to give you a chance since you came back on the call. If you are here and wanted to talk, I didn't want to shut you out. You're muted. I see your face. Looks like you're eating. Too much to say. I'm just enjoying listening to you guys. Say, um, hey. oh yeah, that's that's fine. I guess I didn't mean to put this put you on the spot. I just want to make sure. Yeah, I chance. think that sync. I think we should all get together and we should hire a supermodel as the new face of sync. That's what I think. We'll rebrand it. You know, what we'll do. We'll rebrand it as uh, as being like retarded pop culture and looking supermodels to push it and um yeah talk about uh, intellectual stuff sj just said uh you know the value of a great writer and people forget the value of a beautiful woman so goes a long way Oh, I haven't forgot, Alan. Don't, don't, I, <laughs> no, not I never I. Have, have you kidding. forgot? Have you forgot? Just in yeah. case any of the like six dudes on this call forgot, women are beautiful. Um, That's all I can think about. Like ninety percent of the time, it's this other stuff's like just gets in the way. So <laughs> I feel like uh, Neo, Neo with the woman in the red dress uh, more often than not. 
But uh, just can I just read this? This is the opening. I'm out, bro. I'm I'm going. Let me just. I just wanted to read. This is the first sentence of this book. This guy Liam Sheff, official stories, and he and he says official stories exist to protect officials. That's the opening line. It it just it's a really provocative book, Um, and he he got this mysterious sickness and died at about forty five. Really strange. Well, just to say, when we're talking about the folks who died, the reason I think Rick Quay is important is because by most accounts, and there are a few accounts that posit that perhaps there was more of a conspiracy, but those those are the minority. Even amongst conspiracy folks, that is the minority. Even amongst conspiracy folks, the idea is that the, the understanding is that Rick took his own life. And I think there's something to be said for staring into this very hard future, staring into the, basically staring into Nietzsche's abyss. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, his family supports the suicide stories. I, I think the, the, the much sadder reality here is that not everyone gets to die a martyr to the cause because they were taken out by, uh, you know, agents uh, or the Illuminati trying to keep you silent. It's sometimes it's really hard just to keep this topic and these thoughts in your own head and fears for the future. And, um, you know, I've said for a long time, like, man, fucking. 15 years ago, maybe not 15, when, when was, when you, let's say 12 years ago, I, I'm surprised that like armed protest has taken this long because 12 years ago when it was like chemtrails and you guys remember like the Morgellons disease? Does anyone remember that? Topic? Yeah, I still talk to Dennis about that. Uh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Somewhat regularly it comes up because of just the biological stuff, but yeah. Yeah. So it's like, at that time, I was like, well, here you have this Alex Jones-led sort of Second Amendment patriot movement. And I was like, if you actually thought, if you were sitting here and you believed in your heart of hearts that the New World Order was coming to kill your family, what would you do? You would have to pick up your weapon and do something. You, 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 would, you would have to act. You can't just keep going to work and shopping at Walmart if you think like, well, that plane's coming to kill me and my family. You have to do something. Um, Or there's still doubt in your mind. As much as you're shouting on the internet like, this is real, maybe there's still doubt in your mind if you're not, if that hasn't consumed your life. Um, That was was something I was thinking about 12 years ago of like, this this seems like the obvious next step. Not, not, and I'm not saying I'm pro or against. I'm just talking like pure, like objective rationality. Like this is the next step. If, if people take this seriously, and also my other argument with that was like, or people are being entertained and not truly believing this. But I, the reason I want to just focus on Rick Clay here for a minute is to say like, that's a man who believed it with with his heart. And this is a really dark headspace to go into and I just, um, I think it's important that we have some tenderness and um, compassion for, for everybody, even if we don't agree with whatever 
conclusions they're coming to about any of these conspiracies, but to have some compassion for the the strain and the the mental anxiety and the trauma that they're experiencing. Just to say, Alan, I want to echo that, and I, you know, I know I've been trying to 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 walk that fine line tonight. I know I maybe went on the other side of it there a little bit when I was talking about this guy, Liam Sheff. I, I wanted to say Dave McGowan, it's, he was a heavy cigarette smoker and his family. I mean, I don't know how skeptical they are, but I know just a survey in the conspiracy world. There's no evidence that he was killed by anybody. He was a heavy smoker. You can hear in the interviews, he was like always hawking up cigarettes and he worked, he was a construction worker. And I, I mean, it was known that he had breathed in chemicals a lot when he was uh, doing construction work. So, you know, yeah, I mean, just to say there's no, I, I just want to re-echo what you're saying. And the other thing we, should, I don't know, this, she hasn't come up, but Tracy Twyman, you know, that was a pretty big deal like a year ago about Tracy Twyman. Uh, she, and, and they pretty, uh, it's pretty much ex uh, just there was mental stuff going on with the gravity of the research. And, so, and Frank, can I just check? I, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I'm gonna cut okay, you off okay. there because I have. Um, I had an experience with Tracy Twyman's death that I am um, hesitant to even talk about. Um, so she said she was, you know, sort of being. I don't know, attacked or that there was these, you know, this sort of harassment and such. Um, right after she got killed, I, you know, pe people were messaging me and I was thinking about her and all this sort of stuff. And I started listening to some of the like content around it. And it felt like I'm just going to say it, it felt like a magical trap. So there was something about, if you could imagine getting you to think about something so specific that that information has a latitude and a longitude. It has, it, it has coordinates within the astral plane. And then you can set up that you are then waiting. You have set up that people are going to be arriving at this headspace, this specific coordinated headspace, and you know that they're about to be arriving there, and you are waiting for them there. That was the energetic feeling I got when I was listening to it was like this like unreleased last interview days after her death this thing came out and i was listening to it and every part of my instinct and experience told me that i had walked into something like that and it scared the shit out of me and i like had to pull myself out of it and i i don't know, I don't know maybe that sounds crazy but that was like my gut every fiber of my being felt that um, so I just want to caution, I'm fine talking about her, I just want to caution that there's, some, there's, there's something else um, at play there.
in my opinion. Thanks, thanks, officer. The next thing I was going to say was that I, um, I there are certain topics that, like that particular transaction of facts, that she was really like. I don't look like to look at that at all. I mean, I'll kind of glance there, but I don't go down that rabbit hole because some of this stuff you just have to draw that line. I mean, for me, it's like, all right, I know the general idea there. I don't need to study the details on that. It's just not good for my mental health or for my sanity. So. Um, uh, Joe, you were going to say something here. I'm sorry, I, I jumped in there on you. I just wanted to. This is just totally. Before I knew the nature of what you were going to say, in your comment just now, uh, when you started talking, uh, I just became intensely freaked out. Maybe because uh, I've heard you speak before, and I know you well enough to know what. But it sounded like you got into an area eventually that totally matched the feeling that you gave me right when you started talking and um, or what you didn't give any details, but you really I hope it adds something to what you guys are talking. So you were breaking up there, Joe, but yeah, I just heard, yeah, I think people can research that on their own. I mean, they hear her name and I think it's kind of best being left uh, there. And yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't surprise me that you felt something because that is a heavy duty topic. And, and yeah, maybe at another occasion, Alan, or maybe whenever talk about, I mean, I, I hear you and I feel that and, and, um, you know, it's worth mentioning. I mean, I guess to just kind of pivot from there, like in terms of the synchronicities, you know, the, some of the stuff you're looking at in your videos can be kind of dark a little bit too. Like, you know, the idea of Osama bin Laden. Oh God, I know, I know. Yeah. I wasn't trying to, I didn't, again, and I don't want to put that on her or, or, or discourage anyone from, I, I guess my point, especially at coming up with the Rick Quay conversation is to say, you know, know, know your limits. Um, exactly. There are people who can go down the deepest, darkest rabbit holes. And if you if, if you have the, the mental and uh, fortitude and constitution to, to enter those spaces, you know, that, yeah, you know, light needs to be shown there and activism needs to be done there and all that sort of stuff. I just like. I also know, um, sorry, yeah, I, I, exactly. Uh, I, I, I know that some of my stuff is dark and I, and I don't ever want to be like, I'm just, you know, like, don't look at that. I don't want to be I'm not trying to censor information or, or discourage that. It's just, um, you know, it's to say, Hey, the, the, if you go into that cave, the footing is very unsure. So be careful. Yeah, and, and I was just going to ask you, I was kind of going to ask you a question. Like, I didn't mean to like, kind of say, well, you know, I, I guess I was what's curious. I was curious that some of the sync work, like the, the work they were doing, the research they were doing wasn't really synchronicity. It was more like hardcore parapolitical dark stuff, you know. But synchronicity is a lot more lighter by its nature because you're really looking at media and symbol and there's a creative act to it. And it's not as like, it's you know, so... 
But I'm just wondering if there's ever been, and of course you don't have, no one here has to share their stories, but like, like kind of sinks that scared you or sinks where you were, you know, it's so weird to talk about this question might even be weird because it's, you know, mental illness. Let's just, let's just throw it out there. I mean, that is real. People have paranoid kind of breaks that are like debilitating. Um, and I think that like the sink research can sometimes be, I, I don't really know anybody that's ever been in the sync community that's had like the, that kind of mental illness, but I know some people that have had psychotic dealt with psychotic issues that were like basically living in their own little sync threads all the time. And they didn't know about this community, but, um, I just think it's, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to think if I had to answer that question for me, if there's anything dark sink or any of these guys, I've never really been, I, I feel like I have a good constitution and God forbid, I'm going to knock on wood here. Um, but you know, I don't even know what I'm saying here, Alan. Um, I guess I'm more interested just to kind of hear stories that aren't quite the Tracy, that story <laughs> and trying to get it shifted over to something else really is what I was trying to do, but maybe kind of tangentially related or, you know, um, without having to go down that rabbit hole. Maybe this, maybe this. 9-11, I want to just say this, because you said earlier about 9-11. I've been saying this for a while. Like, if 9-11, think about this for a second. If 9-11 was real, was the official story of 9-11 is not true, okay? If that is, if that is a true statement, and that means that the government, the media, uh, was in on a big cover-up, let's say, like once you digest that and accept that, and this kind of answers my question because this is kind of one of the more scary, I guess the scariest thing in one sense that you, 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 you'll discover when you get into this material. It's like what that means, I, don't, I think it's hard to fully digest what that then means is true, like the corollary truths that flow from that simple statement that 9-11 was a lie, just say that's the simple statement. That means the media can change reality there could be like these high level kind of coalescences around, you know, like just that, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is now when I, when I, once I digested that fact, it changed the whole way I view the media in terms of my trust levels with the government and the media. And I've never been able to go back. I've never gone on the other back on the other side of that line. And I guess I just don't understand. Like some people are, I think more trusting even that flirt was like something like 9-11 truth. But for me, it was never, it's, it was, I don't know, I haven't been able to go back. So I don't know if something comes up there for you. For you. I mean, I feel like I've been sane and healthy mentally, but I've never been able to go back and say, I trust what my government or media is telling me. So without diving into that idea that what if this really was real and the whole thing was but in terms of my constant um, world as a reflection of my inside world and am I a normal well-adjusted person or am I just a profoundly sick person who's perpetually deceiving myself and trying to cover up all my really dark and horrible flaws and when I look at things like global events and particularly 9-11 and I see the conspiracy and the lies and the horror of it and the government cover-ups and the 
the high level above high level and then higher level conspiracies. Um, for me, it is to realize it's a reflection of me or a reflection of you. Um, situation, that 9-11 situation would be if it was true and to realize that that's how sick I am or how sick we are and that the higher level the conspiracy goes inside of us is or inside of me inside of us as individuals it's like that level shadow government is like the fifth level nested level of my subconscious that's trying to prevent me from seeing just how ugly and disgusting i am and means that all that is what it means about me I, I feel that big time. I definitely feel that big time. Um, I do. I do think sometimes the. Uh, I, I don't. I don't mean this as like uh, these things are mutually exclusive. To say that like it's an expression of myself or that I'm projecting on it does not mean that these, like world events, aren't happening in a certain way. I don't. I don't mean like uh, to discredit the conspiracy theory, but the statement. But to say that. I'm definitely projecting onto conspiracy theories or that it's it's helpful, it's therapeutic for me to have someone to blame that's not myself, right? Um, so I, I totally, totally get that. Yeah, and Joe, you were breaking up for me. I kind of heard uh, some of what you said there, uh, I think. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, I definitely would say that... Um, Whatever's true and whatever theory I'm entertaining about reality, uh, however dark or however light or whatever, I mean, for me, that it's got to be filtered through some other, like, for me, that are more important principal truths about reality and myself and my ontology. Like, that has to be taken care of first before anything is ever, like, and that's, those are invaluable principles. Um, you know, and for me, it's like, look, I'm, you know, I've got a shard of divinity. I have love that I can produce in my heart that I can give to myself and then give to others after I filled up myself with it. I mean, there's certain spiritual realities that I just, I have to uh, make prime. And this isn't even about conspiracy theories, it's about every area of my life. If I start tumbling into life without kind of checking myself and getting clear, I'm going to be fucking shit up everywhere, man. Um, so, you know, I'm with you there, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, the other thing people are talking about, like, in one month we'll see, or in two months we'll see. I just want to come out and say, I think in, like, two or three years, like, we're going to see about a lot of the stuff that is coming to a head right now in the alternative scene about just exactly what are people going to be faced with in terms of, like, consenting to government. Oh, yeah. Can I just say that yeah. uh, just just to uh, uh, bounce off that is to say like doing this. I mean, I think I'm actually I might have told you this. I might told you this, but I hesitated to do this hindsight 2020 series because I'm like, eh, should I stop looking backwards? Is, you know, even like the, um, the 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 myth of Orpheus and like and exiting the underworld. And I'm like, is it a mistake to look back and um, or just like you know, living in the past and all these sorts of 
sort of hesitations I had around it, like, oh, maybe that's not the healthiest thing. But I can say now, after working on this project for almost a, a year now, um, the value of kind of refreshing, looking back historically with an extra bit of context, you know, 15, 20 more years of context of like, hey, even in the case of the, the, the 2011 material, okay, I got nine more years. What does that look like nine years down the road? And, you know, it's, it's just really interesting. And I, and I just I basically always I'm bringing this up to say, I think it's really valuable that time and really gives us an amazing perspective. And you're right, the more time that we have out from this, the, the clearer the picture will be. Um, and maybe that we can use some of the 9-11-like examples. Maybe, uh, you know, I was using this as a sort of framing device originally at the very beginning of this project, but now I've come to see that, like, no, you ha uh, now that we're living through another sort of 9-11, there's real value in looking back and seeing, like, how did this play out? What can we expect? What mistakes can we not make again? You know what I mean? Like those sorts of things. If we are the Tarantino, can do we can we save uh, Sharon Tate this time, or do we end up like Twin Peaks, and do we end up in a? Oops, sorry, sorry, that's my alarm. Uh, do we end up like Twin Peaks and end up, uh, you know, f fooling ourselves? But I think there's there's real value to keep asking ourselves this question and use whatever context and perspective that we can to uh to apply those lessons and and let's let's try and be there for each other and try and um guide each other through that that process yeah i know for sure i think it's really important i mean i'm that's where i am with a lot of this stuff like i'm willing to hold a lot of different sides together and i feel like like in the communities that i'm involved in outside of the sync community it's necessary because they're not as conspiracy friendly you know and so i've really had to learn skills of like all right like i don't hate i don't hate you 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 love joe biden you think it's all about the supreme court and you think voting works and you know you think you need to wear a mask and you know that's fine. I, I still want to be your friend and connect with you. You know, we might not hang out always or I might not want to like spend days and days with you, but I'll certainly share coffee and exchange ideas on the things we do have in common, you know. And so I think that like that is also important for me to remember. Like I don't have answers and like I know like Snore and I see differently. We've had these debates a lot, but I really respect Snore and I think he enjoys talking to me, you know. And, and again, yeah, it's like I'm really like in three years, this is what I'm really going to be asking myself, like how many of us were in a situation where we had to say like decline an injection and we had to suffer consequences from that, from that, um, saying no to that. Like if the answer is most of us or all of us didn't get confronted with that, I think that we're dealing with a, at least my worst fears didn't come into to fruition. And I'm going to be really happy about that. You know what I'm saying? I want to be exposed on that. You know, I, I hope that that's the case, you know, so. All right, Gim, I'm going to I'm going to mute here. You want to say something before you leave? Uh, yeah, goodbye. Have a good uh, day or night. It was uh, cool to talk to you guys. Absolutely. So good to hear from you. And uh, honestly, I think we should 
if we're, you guys are okay with it, I think I would like to also kind of wind this down. I, I got to move on because I got to go back to work tomorrow. I got some stuff, more stuff I need to do. But I want to give, if anyone wants to say anything here at the end, I want to give you a chance. I also want to, especially since just uh, this has been great these last you know few months, I will try to maybe find a way to keep doing this or maybe just be less often or a different day or something. But I, I don't know what my schedule is going to look like. Uh, I haven't figured that out yet. So um, if this is our last time we get to talk for a little while, I just... I really want to say thank you, Guillaume, uh, Joe, SJ, JJ, you know, Dennis. Uh, I think that's the only folks that are still here, but I really just want to say thank you guys so damn much for being there and talking to me over the last few weeks. And you have been really essential in getting, getting me through this, this time and helping me process this information. So it was a pleasure. And uh, good luck for your work tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. I have, I have my fears. You know, SJ, you said your fear is like the the injections. My fear is like, well, great if this whole idea of like the contact tracers. If I'm going to be exposed to hundreds of people a day, my chances of getting contacted by one of these people being like well you came in this guy was at your bar does that mean i'm forced into quarantine or that there's agents in my house or that's my fear if i'm just being real um but i uh you know i again just talking this through has really helped ease my anxiety and um Again, that's that's the note I'd like to leave. Not, I don't want to end on the fear. I want to end on, like, really thank you guys. So, is anyone, has anyone else want to jump in here? I, I'd love to give you the chance. I'll just say thanks. Yeah, and I appreciate this moment. And I, you know, um, you know, you guys have been great to connect with. And this is all kind of fleeting and impermanent, isn't it? And these kind of comings together, uh, it's good to just pause and appreciate how. Uh, really important and how powerful this has been even the ritual I think I include the ritual in all this you know that we kind of came together and shared something special and I've been able to communicate regularly so and I'll maybe even we're successful have, have you entertained that thought because I have <laughs> I'm trying man and I, and I want to one of my resolutions is to really try to do more pot like truly do positive projecting like I want to really stop the fear-mongering it's not like i'm there all every day all day but i really want to try to do some positive envisioning of how like this summer and this fall is going to be and really like take like even like two minutes a day like what are the scenarios that don't that don't include some of the worst case stuff and like really try to hold space for that so thanks for mentioning that alan and yeah just everybody you guys are awesome i'm sure we'll talk again down the road i'm not sure when but i just appreciate everybody so All right, J uh, JJ, Joe, Dennis, anybody want to jump in here? Uh, I just want to give you the opportunity. There's no pressure. I just want to give you the opportunity. I just jumped out of the shower. So I just want to echo Sam's cutting out. Appreciate you.
Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you too. Um, all right, y'all. It's been uh, it's been a blast. Happy Mother's Day. Be safe, and and I'll definitely be in touch. I'm not going to disappear. I just like I said, we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk um, a little bit down the road. Okay. Thank you, guys. Appreciate all you very much. Peace out.